Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. And I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we talk AMC's The Walking Dead. Season 9, Episode 6, entitled, Who Are You Now? Who? 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 <laughs> but for the sake of our listeners and also spoilers, we do dive directly into the episode. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You have been warned. Genius. What was your first take on this episode? I dug this. I really did. This was like, it felt almost like a new show, you know? I noticed that too, man. At the man. beginning, and then it takes this switch, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is The Walking Dead. Yeah, this you is know? still the old show. Right, 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 right. Without with a very stuff. big piece. Yeah, I got beefs, because, you know, that's what I do. But, like, at the same time, I dug it. I, I, I'm into it. I'm going to enjoy the ride. Man, you got more beefs than a hamburger. Rubble, rubble, rubble. So I'm, I'm very much in the same light that you are. I mean, it seemed like a completely different show. And honestly, I think the the negativity that I thought I was going to have going into this episode, because mm-hmm. Andy Lincoln's departure, mm-hmm. spoiler, mm-hmm. but with his departure from last episode, I thought it was going to be a little bit harder of an episode for me to watch. Right. But I think they did a really good job. It was, I mean, I didn't forget about no. you know, Rick Grimes. I didn't forget about any of his stuff or any of his things. Didn't think, didn't forget about any of that. No. But it just seemed like everything had carried on nicely. It it did a good job balancing giving closure uh-huh. and, then yep. can, and then saying, okay, this is the new story. And I think what helped was showing like a preview for next week's AMC's The Walking Dead. When they showed that like little five minute preview of what's to come for the next three episodes mm-hmm. or whatever, the little storytelling of the kind of prime everybody that was yeah kind of unknowing or right. kind of on the fence about what was going to happen after the Rick Grimes arc. Exactly. So it, it the time leap, although we've bitched about it in the past, the time leap served well because okay, that's done. There's no Ricks coming back. Anytime, at least for the next three episodes. So three episodes, man. They're whew, he's gonna be gone for a while, right? But I mean, you know, now, surprise, Rick. But <laughs> surprise, Rick. But I think, I think it, I think it served it well. You know, it, it wasn't such, especially showing the uh, snippet last year. It wasn't such like a whiplash moment. Like, holy shit, there's a lot of times going place. Yeah, it made us go into the story a little bit more smoother, which I think worked to the benefit of this episode in particular. Yeah, I, I do think it worked really well for this episode. And like like they said, you know, we've got two more episodes before they go on the mid-season hiatus. Yeah, for like um, four months. Oh, well, they don't go on for that long. We'll Seems be back like We'll it. be back in February. I know. Uh, but the thing I did like about what, what this episode did do is they still broke it down into segments. And like you and I had talked off air, we're going to handle this into three different segments. The Carol and Henry Ezekiel arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michonne arc, which was a very large portion of the story. I right. Mean, it was pretty much the Michonne show for, I would probably say, the middle 40 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And then Rosita and Eugene, because they have like a little side quest they go on. Stoke. So, like we always do, Genius, it's your choice. Which one would you rather talk about first? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely know which one I want to talk about last. Oh, yeah. I, I think I already know. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get the meaty part over with. But let's go ahead and talk about the whole like the strangers. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And and what we see is you know the the last part of the episode five that we had just seen. You know Rick's departure was a grown up Judith. Mm-hmm. We're we're assuming five six years. Everything that they've said is six years. Yeah. So let's just go with that. So right. Six, six years after the the events of Rick Grimes being washed down and, and whisked away in a helicopter. Uh, yep. Um. Floaty, floaty Rick. 
<laughs> Ernie Pie in the Sky here. <laughs> and if you're listening on 932, watch out because I just dropped my sandwich. So, <laughs> so the events of Rick happen. Judith has grown up and she comes across this group of survivors that I kind of was a little bit weird that Judith was just out by herself. Right. Well, they're all looking like Judith. Judith she's all scampering around, you know, like yeah. flowers and shit. Next thing you know, there's zombies and she's fucking handling her business yes yes so the group that that we, she comes across is magna and her her little troop of of survivors mm-hmm. and judith is a full-fledged badass i mean yeah. she's got rick's python she's got carl's hat mm-hmm. she's got michonne a sword, sword. Yeah. well it's not michonne i don't think but it's michonne like a, sword. But yeah it's like one, a, yeah. a surrogate michonne sword it's like franken badass yeah it's like they took all the little badass characteristics and then she runs into the the, the travelers and i gotta tell you that uh uh Oh, I can't think of it. Dan Folger. Mm-hmm. He plays the one uh, dude in the group. Mm-hmm. He, I really liked him in this episode. I've been a fan of his for a little bit. He uh, he was in Balls of Fury with uh, Christopher Walken. Ping pong, right? <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> right? He also did a whole bunch of comic books and he made a couple of horror movies. So he's pretty cool. So to see him becoming like a cast member, at least for a couple of episodes, was pretty sweet. Because it was a good... Okay, overall, in your opinion, what do you think, before we go into spoilers and all that kind of stuff, we've already said spoilers in it. Right. What do you think about the group, like, right off the bat? I think that they were really, really cautious, and I think that they were in the right. I I like what Michonne's doing here, Mm -hmm. where she's, you know, and we we jump around a lot on our episode, and and not to jump around to where the end of it was, (laughs) but with, with the group. I, I think to have them come in front of like this council, mm-hmm. you know, the, what we saw Michonne working on pre-Rick, right? You know, um, to have them come in front of this council and kind of give the, you know, where have you been? Who were you before? Who right. are you now? You know, that kind of um, vetting process is a hell of a lot better than who have you killed? How many walkers have you killed? Right. You know, but like they said, it's, it's a different world. Right. But I mean, like when I mean, but I your... like, I like the group though. I like yeah. the group, the group dynamic because That's it is, I mean. it is. I mean, what we've seen in the walking dead previous, I mean, we had a very male cast driven, you know, very male heavy. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of seeing that kind of flip flop a little yeah. bit because Magna's group is, you know, all female except for Luke. Yeah. So it's like, okay, awesome. You know, and I don't have a problem with that because I think all of the, I mean, and we'll talk about the the special one later, Mm -hmm. but every female character that we've seen in The Walking Dead has become a badass. Yeah. I mean, you've got Andrea, you've got Michonne, you've got Carol. Yeah. I mean, you've got. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But But we've got all of these badass women leads Uh that are, now it's their story. It's no longer the Rick Grimes kind of you know, dog and pony show. It's it's the female cast, which I'm absolutely loving because they kind of the the writers and the showrunner, mm-hmm. uh, they they kind of pushed it a little bit with Maggie. You yeah. know, and, and there were a lot of people like, oh, I don't really know how this dynamic's gonna work. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think Lauren Cohen was was a good enough actress and, and carried enough weight on screen mm-hmm. to be able to be that next that next leader in line. Yeah. And now that we have, you know, no more Rick Grimes I mean, I like the dynamic of the group because Me too. because it's a it's a softer group than what we would normally see with like I don't know like Merle and all these like really like angry people. Right. These guys are more just cautious, you know, and, and they're, they're just survivals. Happy go lucky, but right. they've definitely got lucky a few times. But the fact that I mean, and sometimes they haven't. But overall, yeah, I I like this group. 
and like, I like the I like the mysteriousness of Magna. Yeah, I mean how she kind of has this this seedy backstory that we that we learn about. But I got crazy beef with her too. I mean, like I got I got beef with the group, but we'll go on. Um, so basically, they're they're being taken to Alexandria. Yes, right. Yeah, and and they're being put in front of this like council mm-hmm. that's going to decide their fate, whether they get to stay or go. Right, because like fucking <laughs> Michelle comes out like like just angry. She was uh-huh. just bitter and angry this episode and everybody like it was it was noticeable because like she's been like this ever since you know kaboom you know everybody's tiptoeing around it but no she comes up she's looking him up and down like who the fuck said you guys could bring him in there <laughs> yeah and and aaron steps up and he goes that was my call right and she goes well you know the you know the protocols mm-hmm. you know, this is not working well for you know our friendship and then judith finally goes no it was really my call and michelle's like Fuck, man! Right. I can't say anything to this. Where'd you guys find him at? Over down by the at the Rick Grimes Memorial Bridge collapse. Right? <laughs> we're out there hanging out and fucking. Hey, we're, they're being torn up. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and they get brought in front of a, a like a council, which is encompassed with Michonne, mm-hmm. Random Alexandrian Number One, mm-hmm. Father Gabriel is is kind of like the pivot seat. Sadiq, and then Random Alexandria number two, and then the old school, uh, the old school savior. Yeah, who was like one of Negan's? Who wasn't she the one that ratted out Dwight? Dwight yep. Yeah. So that's that's uh, good on their part for like trusting, but that seems awful fucking quick. You know what I'm saying, dude? It's six years. I know, but still. And and she helped in the fight. That's true. Come on now. I hold grudges. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, uh, she is on the council, and and she's the turncoat on on Dwight. Mm-hmm. So. Like like you said, it's an interesting dynamic, and you can definitely tell that that Michonne's position carries the most weight because you know Aaron and and all these people are like, oh, I, I don't know how we're gonna, you know, oh, I'm kind of you know, sidestepping these people. Well, oh, and I forgot, Aaron's on the council as well. Well, and also the fact of the matter that um, that she's head of security. So this technically, I, I don't think you could find a better head. No, of security. exactly. So a this badass samurai. Come on now. I know. Fucking like we're just hiring. Like I need security. Give me Michonne security. The best in there. Like, That's what I want for the purge. Ex- ex- fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Get shit done. Michonne fuck. security services. Fuck you, Baldwin. You're going down. No, but <laughs> no. So this lies under her jurisdiction, and she just comes in like, "Fuck you guys." And then, mm-hmm. but here's my thing: <laughs> when they have at the council, and she goes, "Like, give me the knife." That was a good call on Michonne. Oh, well, and and before you go into that part, you know, because we do need to handle that part because mm-hmm. that that shows a lot of distrust and a lot of uh, a lot of intuitive thinking by Michonne. But when Father Gabriel asks, you know, who were you before? Yeah. Luke Luke speaks up and he says, you know, I was a music teacher. Mm-hmm. And then they go to, uh, I believe her name is Connie. Um, you know, Connie even says, I guess she was a badass journalist. Yeah. And then um, you got Kelly who just said, you know, look, I was a high school student. Right. I was expecting the end of the world and then this shit happened. Yeah, she goes, I was over <laughs> crying about some old bullshit, you know. Yeah. Which, you know what? That's a really good point. And that's one thing I don't think about. We always see, like, adults or little uh-huh. kids. We never seen, like, because when everybody's going to be at some point in time when shit hits yeah, the exactly. fan at the beginning. So that makes total sense. Like, if you're just a high school school uh, student and all this shit goes down and you're, 
world's upside down, that's going to change your fucking perspective on a lot of fucking things. Yeah, and and then the last member of Magna's group is Yumiko, mm-hmm. and she was the 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 lady that had the concussion that was whisked away over to Sadiq's hospital. But I I did think it was especially like honestly refreshing with Kelly. Because if you see the interaction when she tells Father Gabriel, you know, look, I was just a high school student, you know, expecting the end of the world to happen, and then this shit happens, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see like uh, Marquand's face, you like, see Aaron's face, point. just like, I mean, and he's getting kind of choked up because he realizes that these people are just trying to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. So then we go into the part where Michonne starts questioning people, you know, what are you hiding? You know, what were you? Were you? You know, what what were you before? What, what did you do to survive? Whatever right. I had to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. So, and then they ask, you know, uh, Magna, and she goes, "Why well, was a waitress at a truck at a truck stop?" Well, Michonne is is not easily fooled. <laughs> I've met waitresses at truck stops before. I know what's going on. Yeah, you are not a lot lizard, indeed, ma'am. <laughs> So Michonne asks her for her left hand. She grabs her glove and she exposes a prison tattoo. Yeah. And she goes, and that's some bullshit on Michonne. She goes, you see that? That's a prison tattoo. And everybody's like, oh, right? It's almost like when I was like, now I'm not a big city lawyer, but, uh, and the whole like town's a gasp, right? And I'm thinking to myself, fucking cool it, Michonne. Like, your whole group lived in a prison for yeah, a couple exactly. of years. You can't say shit. Like, how many you know? people did you kill? <laughs> exactly. So, like, fucking, you know, whatever you were in the past, like, your past life, I think fucking once the shit hit the fan, then that's all, like, null and void. You know, even when he was like saying, well, I guess I'm still a music teacher. All right, well, then fucking what are you going to do? Fucking crescendo the crops up, you know, like like I would understand where they're like, we can't like bring this back. But at the same time, like the crops and stuff, but at the same time, they look like they were doing good. Alexandria looked dope. Yeah, because they've got a windmill now. They've got multiple usages of, uh, you know, solar panels on the yeah. roofs and everything. So it looks like the community actually did rebuild itself, mm-hmm. you know, after the, the wake of everything that happened with the, the all-out war with Negan and then everything that happened after, you know, Rick's up, leading up to and after Rick's demise. Yeah. So I but, digress. But Michonne, Michonne kind of vets out, you know, Magna and finds out, you know, hey, she was in prison and whatnot. And then she's like, well, give me the knife. And I'm like, damn, how the hell did Michonne know she... And she pulls out this badass, like, Patrick Swayze roadhouse belt buckle knife. Right, the other side's a bottle opener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this thing was awesome. Right? So, you know, she, she pulls out this the badass knife belt buckle. And then, you know, Michonne's just, you know, very uneasy with these people and she's like see i told you yeah once like once a prisoner always once a criminal always a criminal and it's like fucking calm your and, calm and, and then as michonne walks calm out down. as she walks out of the the hearing and whatnot magna goes well can i ask you a question michonne just goes no <laughs> that was great she just walked out. let me ask you stuff first of all it's like judge judy up in there don't fucking talk shit that's the last thing you want don't you do. ever talk shit to michonne right because michonne's like let me ask you nope fuck you right i was like hi that was great but then the next thing you know fucking they're over there uh the the other the new the new the new kids on the block Uh right so they're fucking over there talking in front of like like what are we gonna do we can only stay for at least one Mm -hmm. night you know we're we're in holding and then fucking uh dan fogel's like fucking give me the knife give me the give me i I know you have the necklace give me the necklace she's like 
fine. And it's like a fucking like <laughs> yeah, it's almost a like butterfly a butterfly knife. Yeah, it's almost like a butterfly necklace. knife on like a crucifix. Right, and I don't know how the fuck they missed that because that thing was huge. That thing was like it wasn't like a big old flavor flavor thing, but at the same yeah, time, boy. But <laughs> but at the same time, it was big enough like you wouldn't get past security at a club. Yeah, you know what you I'm saying. You damn sure wouldn't get through the TSA right? checkpoint so, with that on. Right, so maybe Michonne's security is not that good. <laughs> but at the same time, and then. The next thing you know, it's, uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Now give me the other knife. And I'm like, God damn, man, how many knives you holding? Shit. But, I mean, good for her. I mean, you know, the, what we've learned from any post-apocalyptic, you know, type of storyline is that, you know, men are savages. I mean, we don't even have to do post-apocalyptic to know that. Well, so, I mean, you know, you've got to be able to protect yourself. Well, and then with zombies and shit. But at the same time, it's like... Honestly, that belt buckle knife was kind of dope. I'm thinking was, about buying one. It was pretty badass. But, I mean, at the same time, you're I'm not saying that it's it's you're a guest. But at the same time, if you're already on trial... And, and then, and then, fucking, here's the next thing. If you're already on trial, you don't want to start fucking up. So what's the, the next thing that Magma does? After they fall, like, to say, like, hey, we got a good thing here. Let's hang out and see what happens. If not, we'll be on our merry way. We can survive before we can survive Yeah, again, and, and Connie, right? Connie is signing to, to Kelly, who is her interpreter. Guess, yeah, for her that, interpreter, yeah. Yeah, her, yeah. And, and her ASL interpreter. And she even says, you know, look, we'll be fine, you know, because if that's what these guys come back and tell us that, you know, we've got to go, then, you know, at least we'll have each other and we'll be, we'll be good. Right. You know, either we can stay and hang out or we'll bounce either way. We'll be good, but we've got a good thing going on. Don't fuck that up. Yeah, exactly. And that was pretty much the resounding, the resounding sentiment through all of the characters. And it's not like it's fucking Terminus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. They're not going to grill you in the morning. (laughs) I mean, they might grill you, question you, but they're not going (laughs) to literally grill you. Perfect. Put char marks on it. (laughs) Right? That's a good magnet. Mm -mm. But... So, don't fuck it up. So, what's the next thing she goes to do? She gets another fucking knife. Where the fuck did she get that knife from? Oh, I think that was the the, the necklace. I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I think she got, somehow she got the necklace back. I'm thinking it's the fucking knife. She's got like, like, like machete. She stored, she she, stored it in a prison wallet? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> chink, chink, chink. But, uh, <laughs> Rules of the road. Exactly. So, she's going to go in. First of all, that's another thing. If she's going to go one, she shouldn't still go and start shit. So why would you go and try and, like, like stab Michonne? And well, second let's, of all- let's set it up. I mean, it's in the middle of the evening. Right. Michonne comes down in her and Rick's house. Mm-hmm. She goes down to the kitchen, and Magna is at the, the patio door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she pulls the knife out, and we assume that she's going to go try to assassinate Michonne. So, first of all, if you're not going to start fuck shit up, right, why would you go and try and assassinate the head of security, Okay. And what, what's your game plan? You're going to try and escape. There's four of you. There's a whole bunch of them with a whole bunch of weapons. And you got like a pocket knife. Fuck you. Second of all, Michonne is the last fucking person you want to come at. Second to last. <laughs> right. We, we've already determined that. She's the second to last person that you want to <laughs> fuck with in the apocalypse. Yeah. So so the, the second to last person you want to <laughs> fuck with the apocalypse. Yeah, no, that's cold blood shit. The anyway, regardless, the wrong fucking target. Yeah. <laughs> With a oh, fucking you picked the knife. wrong one on exactly. this one. Exactly, wrong fucking move, Magnet. Just wrong fucking move. But then she sees RJ, yeah, Rick Jr. Yeah, come down and say, "Yo, mommy, I want something." Blah blah blah. This that and the other, and it, it, it turns Magnet to realize, you know, that that her actions have ramifications, mm-hmm. and that these people are just trying to get along just like they were. So she walks away, and and she rings the doorbell. 
and she tells Michonne, hey, you forgot one, and hands right. her the knife. And I think that's really what what finally was was one of the, the stones Tipping that kind of tipped the, the scales in favor of Magna's group. Oh, but there was more. Oh, I know. Yeah, there, there was a lot more that, that added to that. But with... Um, I think that was really the the awakening that Michonne needed. That you know these people were trying to get or trying to gain trust by you know giving themselves up. The tipping point. Yeah. But what got her to that point? Who? Judith. Okay, so we're gonna go back to why she like decided to uh, uh-huh. kind of like sway to let him at least live, right? So Judith comes down and goes, "I know. I hear you talking to uh, Dad and uh, Rick Junior or Rick Carl. Junior, Carl." Right, Carl Jr. Carl Jr. Oh, hamburger <laughs> and Jack in the Box and McDonald's. Right, <laughs> no, but and I thought that was really like touching the going even further back with Michonne yeah. and talking like it like in yeah because I mean really the story her story starts out in this episode and she's she's kind of you know she's continuing to talk to Rick mm-hmm. at the place where he presumably died yeah the you know bridge. At, at the bridge mm-hmm. and you know she she keeps telling you know she's kind of doing this this uh, allowed soliloquy and just saying you know we're trying to carry on you know that's because that's what you wanted that's what we wanted right you know we're trying to do the right thing we're trying to just push forward and then it goes on and she's just angry mm-hmm. she's just like you did this i know you did this and i mean not did this but in a roundabout way just angry at the whole situation and why things are like that um but uh no then judith comes on and like i hear you talking to him and then then she starts saying like i know that letting him live is what they would have wanted but i'm also forgetting what their voices sound like yeah and that was like little judith not only being a badass and being a really cool character made my eyes fucking well up. Not like to the point where I'm like, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, mm. no. And, and, you know, she you has, know? she has two of those lines. One that you alluded to, you know, she says, I know you talk to him. I do too sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to forget what their voices sounded like. Yeah. Hopefully you can remember, Yeah. you know, and she's like, you know, when you talk to him, you know, these people have to be the voice of reason. But she also drops the big the Rick Grimes bomb on her and says, "You know, I, I did what I no, I did what I did yesterday, and I think my dad would have wanted me to do it that way." And I'm just like, "Damn!" I'm like, "How are you gonna drop the the, the RG bomb?" And Carl, yeah, and she's 100 percent right because exactly. Carl used to do the same thing. I'm not that's how Sadiq is there. Exactly, he would pick up strays survivors for lack of a better term, right? He would just like, "Hey, you need help? Let me help you out." And that's how Rick also did too. So Judith fucking just drop some science on Michonne. And so she was like, Damn. Because science. <laughs> yeah, you can see the Michonne. She was like, eh, she's right. Shit. You know? Mm-hmm. And that whole that whole little soliloquy of hers, I was like, good point, Judith. Yeah, you know? and, and we see there there's a there's a little icon that Michonne finds when she's kind of rifling through she's on walkabout, you mm-hmm. know, after she comes back from her conversation with Rick. And she finds this like broken down RV, and she finds this little bitty like cowboy action figure. Little to- and it looks like a totem. Like yeah, a little, it, little yeah, plastic. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it looks exactly like Rick Grimes. Yeah, I mean, does. he's got yeah, it does. he's got the boots and the he's got the one handed pistol stance and everything. Mm-hmm. And that kind of you know carries throughout the story. When she comes back, she throws her bag off of the horse, falls out. Judith finds it. Well, that's the thing that Judas sets on the stairs when they're having a conversation, you know, kind of like, just in case you didn't think, dad's here. Right. Exactly. 
That was the cherry on the guilt Sunday. Yeah. There's no kidding. <laughs> so what we ultimately find out that is, you know, the not necessarily the guilt, but the the conscious uh, effort that Judith had to talk to Michonne and all of the, I guess, the, the righteousness that, you know, Carl and, and Rick had bestowed in their relationships with Michonne mm-hmm. kind of weighed the tables. And, you know, they come out and Magna's group, is is all ready to go. You know, right. they're all ready to get set back outside of the, the, the gates. And Michonne comes riding up and she goes, Well, you know, I've decided that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take you somewhere, but we're gonna take you to a place where the person could potentially let you in. Yeah. You know, they're not just going to let them out. You know, she goes, I know of another community. That might send you away. So not necessarily like, yeah, you know, this, is, this isn't guaranteed by any means. Right. But like, you know, let me talk to them. I'll vouch for you. But if they say no, then you know, you're fucked, but you can't stay here. You know, you keep on knocking, but you can't come. <laughs> well, and, and, but, let, and let me ask you this because the, before <laughs> Michonne comes out and tells them that, you know, she's taking them to Hilltop. She starts to get undressed, and she starts to dress yeah, in Rick's shirt, gonna, mm-hmm. and and they focus on a scar that Michonne has an X like an X marks the spot kind of scar right in her back. Yeah. So honestly, I'm not a doctor, and I mean, I realize that this is like apocalyptic surgery. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a kidney being taken out to save someone, or do you think she got literally stabbed in the back by somebody? Maybe she brought in. See, that's what I don't know. That's what that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm sure we'll find out eventually. I think it's a battle wound. It I do looks, too. It yeah, looks, I, I think it is too. Because like, it looks clean, but not like crazy clean. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's more like a like slice, slice, as opposed to like surgery. Yeah, and I mean, seriously, if we're forgetting about something that we saw maybe in a couple episodes, right, a couple right, right, ago, right. Please let us know on Twitter at Media Rewind Pod because honestly, I cannot think of a time that Michonne was so badly injured. Yeah, I mean, I remember when she got in a fight with the you know the the savior and she got pushed <coughs> she got pushed over the railing. Mm-hmm. But, but it, I, I don't it, remember ever being stabbed. And if so, that's a story I would like to see. But if you remember, that's the side that Rick Grimes was impaled on. Yeah, but I don't think it's like uh uh no no not, no I don't think it is either. But the symbolism is kind of kind of neat. Yeah, that, that is, she would that she would have a scar on the same side that Rick had. That is true. I don't know. Maybe maybe she decided to do something, or maybe something happened to her that was just like a you know maybe like a weird happenstance that it just happened on the same side. Maybe so. I don't know. Who knows? But it'll draw knows? those two characters together. I mean, hopefully we'll see what happens, or at least that will be like oh you know we know what happened when I brought in old. Mm-hmm. Gummy Joe, you know. Gummy Joe. Like damn hobo. Should have had a hobo scavenger, right? So you know, and one of the last things that that we see is uh, the group getting ready to leave, and Connie is signing to Judith. You know, thank you very much for all you did. You know, and and Scarecrow, I'll miss you most of all. Yeah, and and Judith signs back to her, and, and Kelly looks at her and just goes, you know, that was bad. And Judith has a like a complete throwaway line. She goes, but I'll keep practicing. Yeah. So you know these characters are going to be around. For oh a while. yeah, especially if the characters that like dynamic are introduced like right after the Rick Grimes. Basically, they're mm-hmm. the new chapter, the yeah. new catalyst of everything of, of at least of that arc. You know, of course they're going to be back. And mm-hmm. I and you know what I think my um, I like I, I think that brings us to the end of that. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to what everything we need to wrap up with those guys. Judith is great. 
Judith, dude, I like the little actress that they got to play her because I mean she's she, playing it with the she's playing it with an earnestness, man. Right? She's pl- she's playing just enough bravado, but she's, she's not hamming it up to make it no, unbelievable. No, right? But she's not she's not one of those like little she's a sassy kid. Yeah, right? she's not like but little honey like, boo boo. Yeah, or she's not like fucking like in the eighties commercial and the you know, the eighties sitcom like. It's gonna be like Judith, you know, like the studio like audience slapping wonder, shit. right? Nothing like that. It seems like she's a badass. She talks shit. Oh, she, she talks, talks magic. magic. Let's could, talk about. Yeah, we let's, missed. Let's, we missed that part. We missed. Let, let's Negan. talk about. Yeah, the you know, and and Judith is sitting on the stairs and she's going through her homework. Yeah, you know, because Michonne is giving her homework. She's she's teaching her how to use the the sword. But see, I knew it was going to be Uncle Negan. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was going to be Uncle Negan. So we see that Judith is is practicing her math and she's got this. You know, what happens if this plane is is leaving this and at this you know this altitude and this you know speed mile per hour and this plane and the Negan kind of ask her he goes do you have you ever seen a plane and to his i mean to his i guess kudos no, he's no, right she's he's never seen a plane he's 100 right. and, and then you ever plan on seeing and, a plane? and then kind of like the 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 debbie downer movement of the of the show he goes do you think you're ever gonna see an airplane and she goes well no and i think that was really what kind wah, of wah. i think that's what really pissed her off right and and she goes well and she, and she goes well if you can think of something better let me know right and she goes okay i'll get talk about this but let me tell you he goes she goes did you hear about the strangers and like what they got to mm-hmm. do and he goes well i have now right and he goes well let me tell you about this dog I have. And he goes into these fun, this story about yeah, him picking up b- dogs. B- bringing up strays. Right, until he fucking brings home Cujo. And then he graphically tells this little girl how fucking... <laughs> how the big dog mangles these puppies, right? But I guess in fairness, you know, she's seen some ill shit. She's probably done some ill shit. So, like, fucking, you know, dog on dog violence is probably like, well, you know, I've seen humans eat humans. So Yeah, exactly. I mean... I saw, I saw Bob get his leg eaten. Right, <laughs> I know shit happens, you know. So, but then she's like, you know what? I fucking asked you for math help. You're no good at this. I'm out of here. Yeah, she was just talking shit. I like little Judith. Judith is a badass. She's like, bye bye. Right? Because you know what? <laughs> and, start- she, and she just packs up her shit and walks inside. Right, and I'm out of here. And and you know she's a badass because one she killed at least two or three walkers saving the new uh, the new group. Oh yeah. And then you saw her training with Michonne and she was holding her own. So a little badass like that. And she and she's funny. Yeah, I like uh, Judith's got exactly. jokes. Yeah, I like Judith it. has legs in this show. Yeah, this it, I think it adds a little fun levity to this show. Exactly. And I mean I I think it it continues to build on Negan's character because he's no longer the broken character that we saw within right with his interaction with Maggie. He's Uncle Negan, but at the same time. He's He's still prison Uncle Negan. Right. He's still, everybody's fucking with him. Like, we don't vote no fucking shit. Fuck you. And then just kind of walks away. <laughs> so I think that pretty much, that pretty much takes care of the Michonne and uh, Judith <coughs> Negan pretty much wraps up all those characters. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we do need to talk about because the character was kind of interspersed was Father Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And that'll lead us into Rosita and Eugene. Yeah. But Father Gabriel goes back and he's got like a ham radio, almost like a transistor set up. Right. And, you know, he kind of uncovers it. And he, he's... <laughs> Welcome to Gabriel After Dark on Pirate Radio. <laughs> but no, no, he's he, he's kind of holding on to the mic and you can, you can see him trying to twist the radio. And I'm wondering whether or not he's still been holding out hope for Anne. Whether or not he can still communicate with Jadis. You think so? 
I think so, man. I, I think I think that broke him down so much in the uh, in the last episode, in the last couple episodes, when yeah. they really started to form that relationship. I think that maybe you know old feelings have you know died hard. Yeah, and you know because he he if you notice because during that uh, during that shot where he's kind of you know pulling the tarp back and everything, getting everything set up, Rosita walks in, but he kind of like is masking himself, holding the the receiver piece of it, mm-hmm. you know, or the the microphone part where he's going to actually talk. Yeah, so it's like he's kind of hiding and shielding himself. I, I I agree with that to a point. I think it's um I think that's a small factor of it, but I think the most part is Oh, they're saw, still trying to find people. Right, cuz you see he pulls it off and there's that all that dust and shit. I mean, if he was like still extra pining for her, then it would have not been so dusty. I think what happened was the catalyst of this was that there's new strangers. And nobody seen nobody new for a long time, apparently. That's very true, yeah. So if he's like, holy shit, if there's still communities and other people out there that we don't even know about, it's worth a shot of pulling out this old ham radio and seeing if I can get a great big convoy, right? And so, <laughs> and then I also thought that like, you know, and then maybe in the back of his mind, like, you know what? Bananas out there. I wonder how she's doing because we find out that him and Rosita are a couple. And oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like that. I, 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 I like I that too. I mean, I like the fact that Rosita actually has somebody now because I mean, right. after Abraham kind of you know I guess dissolved their relationship or their their uh, <laughs> their FWBs right and, and went over to Sasha. I mean, she's pretty much had no type of you know relationship or any anybody well, to confide in she's also been extra angry and she's also that's been, a lot of it and she's also been extra busy i mean you're in the middle of war and even in peacetime she's probably like you know what i don't want to fuck with anybody i'm doing my own thing but then i think that father gabriel now that he was right now that Anne kind of opened him up to mm-hmm. be ready for ready for love right if he was if that's the case and the, the fact that they finally kindly found each other Mm-hmm. And then worked like apparently organically. I think it would be a good pairing because she's hot headed and she's always ready to go and fuck shit up. Gabriel is more patient at the point of the time to the and so the point where he's like, "Hurry up, Gabriel! Let's see where you're playing. Let's let's move it along, Gabriel." Right. So I think you put the two together. It's I think a nice, it's a yeah, good it's balance. A, yeah, it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice marrying of the two yeah a nice marriage a good character without the marriage right 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 so yeah i mean and that honestly that was that was a a moment of not only levity but also you know a moment of happiness during this episode because we see what rosita is going out to do is that eugene you know says that hey i can get this radio signal out further if i can put a relay up on you know the the water tower out out in the distance so rosita agrees to kind of subvert past Michonne because I mean she is head of security mm-hmm. and go out on walkabout with Eugene to go do this mission and you know what here's the thing going back to uh, um, Rosita and uh, Gabriel being a good match and which I think it would be cool uh, if it continues and goes well <laughs> Eugene tried to be fucking awkward this whole time but before we get to that yeah. Eugene's a fucking badass he really Dude, is he's a badass now I was like good for him cause before before if the walkers would've came up he would've been like and we kinda like cower in the shadows he wouldn't even but, do that he'd probably be pissing down his leg and running the other way right but he goes no I got this stick 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 that, and that was some good shots that was the knife going through that dude's head that uh-huh. was a really good zombie kill it really uh, was um there was other good zombie kills but we'll get that in the next yeah but no <laughs> then he's like you know there's a 
other options if you ever don't want to get with uh, Gabriel. <laughs> and then Rosita's like, what are you talking about other options? He goes, y- you know, other options. Right in front of your face. You know what I'm saying? It's like, God. <laughs> and then Rosita even says, don't make it awkward. <laughs> nice try, ducky. You know? <laughs> so, so we see that Eugene gets up to the top of the water tower and he starts <clears throat> setting the relay up. And then he notices that the the mini herd that they have that they have seen tracks of apparently has changed like done a one eighty changed mm-hmm. course completely and now they're a couple hundred yards away so he yells to Rosita you know here hey they come. here they come mm-hmm. in, in typical bumbling fashion he, he's yeah. up on the water tower and if, if you know anything about the water towers they typically don't have a ladder all the way to the ground. You know, you, you typically have to set up a ladder to get onto the actual ladder. Well, he knocks his ladder off. Well, I know. It makes him have to jump. First of all, I don't know if it makes him have to jump. So, but first of what, all. Are you going to stay up there? No, 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 no. First of all, he sees um, he sees the, the, the walkers. And next thing you know, of course, his bag falls off. Boom. Scares off the horses because they go, kung, and alerts him even more. <laughs> I'm out of here, you dream. Right? So here comes the walkers. That was a terrible horse. <laughs> but <laughs> that, was a hor- that was a horse mixed with boss and ass. <laughs> so scares off the horses. Scares off the horses. Here comes the walkers. They know they're there. Here they come. So he's like, "Holy shit! I gotta go down." He's going down. His ladder falls. Right. So he's looking around. At the same time, they already know he's there. Rosita's going to the truck to go get supplies, or maybe the truck. But at the same time, he had time to say, hey, Rosita, because she was there. There was still walkers coming. They had time to get the walkers. He didn't have to jump. That was just bumbling on his part. Uh, I don't know, man. Just I, impatient I, and bumbling. I, I didn't get to see the uh, the you know the, the News Chopper 5 aerial view of where the herd was. Already high in the sky. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't get to see where the uh, the News Chopper aerial right. photo was. Right. So who knows? But he jumps. He injured his, he injures his knee. And Rosita has wah, to give him a shovel wah, wah, so wah. he can use it as a, a makeshift crutch. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like often, you know, running away from the herd at this point. This is saying, if you had time to go get a crutch, you had time to go get back and set up the ladder. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, I, I don't know what to tell you. Ah, so, ah. E- either way, so they're out in the they're out in the woods and they're trying to evade this herd. And you know, Eugene finally comes to grips. He's like, "Man, I, I'm slowing you down. I just just, just go, go, just go." But before you go. Let me tell. Let me profess yeah, my love. Yeah, and then Rosita goes, "Don't make this weird." Yeah, stop Get off it. your ass. Let's go. Shut the fuck up. Let's go. Come on. And I'm like, "Bravo, Rosita. I like this character again." You know. But so then they go and they're like fucking rubbing themselves in mud, uh, like commando predator style. Yeah. Right. And the walkers walk by. Yeah. Like, the, the the big herd of walkers walk by, and we get the big reveal. Mm-hmm. The the reveal we've been waiting for since All Out War ended. We hear the walkers actually speak. Yep, and the the walkers asking that the, the wispy <laughs> voice, right. you know, like, where, where are, are they? they? Yeah, don't, don't let, let them, them get away. Yeah, yeah, don't like let them that. get away. Uh-huh. And we we finally see the the absolute dread on Rosita and Eugene's face because A fucking course because they think the dead now know how to communicate with one another. Exactly. Fuck all that noise, man. But we know as fans of the show and as you know people that are watching the show that this is the big introduction of the whispers mm-hmm. who are humans. Who behave like walkers when they're in when they're in public settings, right? Because they are wearing walker like skins, yeah, like like Glenn and, and and Rick did in season one, but to a whole new level where they actually wear faces. Yeah, uh, 
crazy faces. But did you notice they all all the walkers looked like uh, the, the girl from the ring when they walked <laughs> by because they all had all the hair. Uh, and normally walkers were like right, but these walkers all look like uh, like they're coming out of a TV. You know, <laughs> they're coming out of a well, right? <laughs> they're well walkers. So, but that—that's the big reveal. So, we we do have the whispers introduced in season nine, mm-hmm. which is going to be awesome because you know the the story arc with those guys can go just absolutely insane. So, we know we have Alpha and Beta of the whispers that have been cast for the season. Well, the fact that you're going to wear like the flesh of the dead to like masquerade, although that's a good idea. It's still fucking gross. I would rather take my chances like surviving than wear fucking like maggot suit. Yes. Stank ass, like rotting flesh. Although like, (laughs) would you fuck me? I fuck me. (laughs) Like a little Buffalo Bill says the lamb shit going on. (laughs) We we couldn't get through one episode. Couldn't get one through one episode without it. So that pretty much wraps up Eugene and Rosita. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they, they know now, or I can't even imagine what they're thinking at this point because they know they're not human. I mean, they don't know that aspect of it like we do. For all they they, know, they're, they they're, think they mutated. Exactly. For all they know, they probably did. If they're not the walkers, they're probably like, they're walkers from the power plant. Yeah, you know? exactly. So like, Rrr! Nuclear waste walkers. Right. I'd be shitting my pants. I would be too. Holy shit. That'd be terrifying. You know what? That that whole I bitched about that uh, whole scene about Eugene jumping, but at the same time, it was exciting. It was, it yeah, was very it, tense. It, it added to the dread. It added uh-huh. to the, I guess the, the inevitability yeah. of this. You know, this her just continuing, 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 uh, continuing, uh-huh. and and them not being able to get away as fast as as they normally could. Because you know, if Eugene was still you know able to run i mean maybe they could run back and grab the horses yeah you know but or find the horses. but now but now he's hobbling so right hobble 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 so now we're we're gonna get into probably my favorite part of the episode Mine too. so we get a lot of <laughs> and this, this is going to be a lot of focus on carol and mm-hmm. her relationships so in the beginning of the episode we see her dynamic with uh with jerry we see her dynamic with you know King Ezekiel, which I I am oh yeah one hundred percent on board with. I love their dynamic, and even when he was with Jerry, she was talking to Jerry. She goes, well, "Whatever you want, my queen." She's like, "Don't call me that." He goes, "You're married to the king, so we know they're married." <laughs> he goes, "You're the mother of the prince." Yep, you know, so they know they kind of adopted Henry, uh-huh. and so what else? What what does that make you? <laughs> no, what am I supposed to call you? Because I don't have to like it, and he goes, "Fair enough." Yeah. Know? So we, we, we see that, you know, the Carol has, you know, she's she's kind of ditched the buzz cut. She's let her hair grow out. You know, King Ezekiel's hair is gray. Hers is grayed out. Yeah. You know, they're 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 showing the, the signs of aging. Well, yeah. you know, and so now they've adopted even they've even adopted Henry, I guess. Everybody's cool as be, shit because Henry is calling Ezekiel dad uh-huh. and he's calling Carol mom, you know, so they've got this this makeshift family in the apocalypse, which is awesome mm-hmm. because Ezekiel really does care for Henry. Oh, yeah. You know, he's cared for him for, you know, seasons now. Oh, yeah. So with. Carol, we get her um, trying to keep this relationship with Henry, who's now becoming a teen, kind of angsty. and eh, eh. So it, the the plan is to send Henry off to Hilltop. To, I want to go do stuff, Dad. Well, no, he, he go, he's getting, being sent off to Hilltop to kind of be an understudy for their, I guess, mechanical, you know, I, I guess their... 
their yeah. mechanical fix-it guy. Well, because you know what, though, which is cool and very smart because, one, he did save the day at the kingdom because oh, yeah. everything was falling apart. I'm I mean, still calling bullshit because duct tape can't do that. Especially old-ass duct tape. I you know, know there ain't new duct some tape. raggedy-ass duct tape. Right. Well, no. Hey, gorilla tape. <laughs> so we, we see that Carol has agreed to send Henry along with Ezekiel's blessing to the hilltop to, to get this training because, you know, even Ezekiel says, you know, he's growing fast. You know, he's no longer a boy. And, you know, you take Henry to the store. Yeah, exactly. So Carol actually, you know, boards this little makeshift wagon and they, they head out for the hilltop. You yeah. Know, assumingly. With well, bringing gifts. Yeah. Supplies. Uh, gold Frankenstein and Murr. Right. <laughs> gold Frankenstein named Murray. Rough. So, so we see that, you know, along their, their exploits, you know, they hear this. Uh, help, help, help. Right. Henry jumps off the wagon well, like a dumbass. Right, I know. Right, right as he was saying, right as he was saying, you know what? I'm glad you guys are giving me a little bit more responsibility. I'm going to stick around and be a little bit more. He goes you know, and head completely smart, becomes right? irresponsible. Help me. Oh, there's trouble. You know, sit your ass down, Henry. Calm your tits. Exactly. Like, I understand you're ready to go and you want adventure, but don't leap head first. And sure enough, what fucking happens? Fucking it's a trap. It's a trap. Right? And so they're like, give me all your money. And who is it, lo and behold? The Saviors. Yeah, it's the Saviors. It's the group from the camp that Carol kicked out of the, the, the whole the whole rigmarole when they were fixing the bridge. Mm-hmm. So the they, bridge deserters. Yeah, exactly. So they take everything. Uh, and, and the guy even says, you know, look, you know, you, you spared my life. So I'm going to spare yours. You can keep your wagon. You can keep your horses, but we're taking all your shit. You know, you should be, you should be happy. Right. And he, and he looks down and sees Carol's ring that Ezekiel had given. And he goes, well, I'll take that rock on your finger too. And Carol's just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, I hey, think we both said as soon as he took yep, the ring, we're like, you done fucked you done up. Fucked up now, man. <laughs> you done fucked. Because he comes out talking mad shit. Oh, yeah. Like, He's like, whoa, well, hey, whoa, whoa, well, look who it is. Lady. Exactly. What's up, boss lady? How you doing? What goodies you got in the basket? I like your hair. Which, in fairness, yeah. it did look good on her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody looked cool. Yeah. Everybody looked really cool in this episode. But so, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the saviors get the drop and they take all the stuff and whatnot. But and, then Henry's like, let go my mom's purse i don't know you right and he like he actually in fairness he pulled off some cool moves yeah that little like sweep the leg and shit that he tried to d- disarm that first uh, scuzzy goon with it worked out well i gotta give it to that but at the same time there's guys with guns on you drawn don't fuck up yeah exactly calm, again calm your ass down henry like chill yeah, exactly so we we see that henry is pissed off about the the mr scuzz taking carol's ring mm-hmm. and they they take the they take all their stuff and, and just go off onto their their merry little way We're well square. then well then carol and, and henry go out and they, they have to camp and whatnot before the the end of the episode <laughs> so bullshit. yeah and, and henry's being a petulant little asshole toward why'd him. you let him go i know you could have killed him like and then Carol's just like, you know, sometimes you need to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just can't you can't win certain types of fights. Mm-hmm. And here he's like, well, I'm going to bed. I'm going to win this argument by going to sleep. Wait, that's bullshit. But here's the thing. Again, you are got guns drawn on you. You can die. Don't be stupid. Just let things go. And then also trust your mom because she's a certified badass. If she says, well, hey, 
But honestly, Henry doesn't know to the level of badass because he wasn't around for Terminus. <laughs> no, he, wasn't. he wasn't around for a lot of the other shit. No. Nope. So the next thing we see is that after Henry goes to sleep, Carol decides she's going to have a little bit, a little bit of hillbilly justice of exactly. her own. Exactly. She finds out where the saviors are camped. She douses them all with gasoline. But before the guy wakes up, we because she takes the match out of his mouth. Yeah. The, the match he was chewing on, trying to be all badass. <laughs> You know what? Hey, here's the thing. First of all, I'm glad those saviors are near death before we before we uh, yeah exactly. Of Chris, they're like, man, we had to eat the horses. They got fucking walkers as like horses, which is pretty fucking smart. Because yeah. not only will it mass the scent, but it also like you know, hey, free labor, <laughs> right? Fucking no horses, might as well do work with zombies. So exactly. fucking yeah. But I'm glad they're I'm glad they're on their deathbed. But then when Carol like <laughs> pours so, gas all over. Well, no, and and you know while they're sleeping. You know, Carol takes out the gasoline, the, the two the two gas canisters that are on the back of the wagon, and and she douses them completely with gasoline, like all of them. I'm not, I'm surprised none of them woke up. Oh, I, I, dude, it's Carol. Come on, she's like a part ninja. That's true. So she douses them, and, and the guy wakes up, and Carol, and she's like, oh, 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 "Oh, we'll go, we'll go. We don't want any problems." And Carol just looks at him, stone, just stone faced as all hell. <laughs> yeah. Her line exactly. The ring I could have let go, but that stuff in the wagon belonged to friends of mine that went out and never came back. And then he goes, oh, but you'll never see us again. And she just goes, you're right. Right. Lights the match and just throws the shit on him. And he goes up like Vader. I mean, he just, he completely just charcoals up like he's just on a funeral pyre. And then everybody else lights on fire. (laughs) Because <laughs> the fire just spreads, and that was the fucking coldest fucking lie. You'll never see us again. I know. I love that fucking Carol is fucking the baddest ass fucking friend. That's the security. That's the security. Exactly. You don't fuck with Carol because she will light your ass on right? fire like you just like you just step foot on Mustafar. Don't <laughs> don't fuck with us. That's the. That instead of ADT or home when you're not, don't fuck with us or we will kill you. You know, <laughs> maybe not today, but it's fucking soon. Exactly. So <laughs> I mean, and and honestly, I mean, I I've, <laughs> I've sang Carol's praises for seasons now. You've loved Carol for seasons now. Uh, there is not. Uh, I, I I know that we talk about uh, Michonne. I know a lot of people are like, oh, she's got a sword. Now, when the metal, when the rubber hits the road, when the shit hits the fan, I am Team Carol Peltier. She gets shit done. Exactly. Carol Peltier 2020. I was going to say Carol 2020. (laughs) So, she pretty much roasts everybody. Right. So, the the saviors are now no more. I'm assuming she she got back all of her stuff. Yep. And hey. probably their shit too. Yeah. <laughs> so more things. She got the Walker wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that pretty much ties up with with Carol's part. <laughs> but there's a little bit more because at the very beginning of the episode, we see uh, Norman Reedus in a dilapidated ass tent, right? Yeah, and he's, he's kind of and and Daryl has definitely taken Rick's death. To probably the hardest out of yeah. all everybody besides Michonne, because he's lone wolfing it. Yeah, he, I mean he's completely like season two the farm. He's out on his own, yeah, killing squirrels, spearing fish. Uh huh. And I know I know what you want to talk about. While Daryl's out fishing, 
this like swamp thing walker comes up out of the river. He was a big motherfucker too. He was like he like Grizzly like, Adams. Yeah, he was like a Viking. He looked like a, a one of those like undead Vikings. He's like Raw! with a beard made full of like slime and sludge. He looked really cool. But the walker I really really thought was really cool and a good metaphor for what's uh, the kind of like I guess the path that's going the uh-huh. story's taking when he comes up to this walker who's stuck in the tree and he's been there so long that the tree has grown around him mm-hmm. and he's stuck and this bird comes and lands on him picks a worm out of the and fucking yeah. walker's chest takes him and feeds him to the babies one I thought that was a very cool effect two it proved how long things were going and three I thought it was really uh, kind of like like I said, the, the main theme, out of death, out of all this death and horrible shit, life can begin anew. Yeah, and, you Carol, and, and you know, Carol sees it, too, mm-hmm. because she sees the weeds growing up through the concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, so no matter what happens, you know, the dead walk and everything else, life, I mean, will life, go life on. still finds a way. Right. So we see that with the baby bird imagery. We see that with the weeds. Yeah, and, new beginnings. And then toward the end of the Carol arc, we see her kind of divert, and Henry's like, you're not taking us to Hilltop. Where are you going? You know, this is completely out of the way. And then all of a sudden you see Hillbilly Justice just right. walk out of the woods and like the Ram- the Rambo first blood poncho that he yep. made out of the, the rail car tarp. Yep. And he's got the crossbow and a <laughs> couple squirrel pelts. And- yep. Want to ride? Thanks for the ride, lady. You know? <laughs> so we're 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 to assume and, and granted i mean you and i didn't watch the preview for the next se- or the next episode but we're to assume that daryl comes back to the land of the living yeah you know possibly and i i hope he does i hope he goes back to hilltop or goes back to alexandria yeah right. uh, at least for a little bit hang until shit goes down because shit's gonna go down yeah soon. i mean you can't be out there by yourself man right you, you need some you need some healing with some people that actually loved rick alongside you so exactly and i, I know that he and took friends it, and family yeah i know he took it hard and whatnot but so did everybody else so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same thing, you know, they, they, they need to heal together as exactly. opposed to apart. Exactly. So with that being said, do we have anything with Carol that we need to touch on? I think we got it all. I and think we I, I think we grabbed the entire yeah. episode. Yeah. Okay. So like we do on every episode on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, how would you rank this episode? I really enjoyed this episode. Um, at first I was like, okay, build up a little bit more steam. Let's see where we mm-hmm. go. Yep. I was also pissed off at Michonne for being so like short sighted and I don't like grumpy Michonne. I hope she snaps that shit out real quick. Um I like the introductions of the new characters. I like all the new characters. I do too. Magna needs to calm her ass down though. She's starting to piss me off. If she pissed me off anymore, I'm gonna be done with her. But I like the other than that, I like what they're going. Um I really enjoyed Carol. Uh, that whole who wouldn't that whole arc was <laughs> fantastic. Um, I have it, I had issues in the Rosita and Eugene story arc, but overall I thought that one was probably the most lighthearted and fun and action packed of them all, mm-hmm. except for the end of uh, Carol's. But I enjoyed this episode thoroughly. I thought it was a great introduction to a new chapter. Uh, I want to go I want to go eight, but I don't think it deserves an eight, not yet. Because I'm still on the fence on things, but really close to it. I want to go seven point seven five, but you know, let's make it easy. Come on, yeah, now. we got to go, go half. Let's go I dig it. I I really enjoyed it. I'm anxious. To I see mean, we we can, we can't start going like seven and I know seven and fifteen, seven sixteen. No, I just won't be flaky about it. the fucking eight. I dug it. I dug it immensely. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I I think I'm gonna go probably seven and a half. Yeah, uh, just because some of the stuff that we saw, like I I don't like Angry Michonne. No, I don't like no. Lone, I don't like Lone Squirrel Daryl. Yeah, um, I. 
thoroughly enjoyed the shit out of Carol being a badass again. Fuck because yeah. you see her change. You know, she's kind of like this whole home life. Everything's kind of made her docile. And then all of a sudden, it's all that that one thing mm-hmm. just pissed her off. And it's like, you know, I could have I could have let everything go, but you had to you had to fucking step too far. Exactly. Don't fuck with and mom. Now your ass has got to burn. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to go seven and a half. You're going to go eight. I want to mm-hmm. remind everybody that we'll be back again next week because we don't have any more purge episodes. Yeah. But we will be back next week with a, the season nine, episode seven of AMC's The Walking Dead. But on behalf of my co-host, Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to get some marshmallows for roasting. <laughs>